Heavenly Father, we know that the earth is filled with your love. And so, Lord, we pray that in your love you would now teach us your decrees. We know that it is in love that you have revealed your word to us. It is in love that you have revealed your commandments. And so, Lord, we pray that you would teach them to us now and that in your love you would work in our hearts so that we don't just learn your decrees, but we keep them. And we pray this in your Son's name. Amen. Well, we once again pick up our series in John's Gospel, and we finished with John chapter 9, which was all about this blind man that the Lord Jesus healed. He was blind from birth, uh, but Jesus came along and gave him his sight. And then we've seen his interactions with the religious leaders and other people in his community. And this morning we come to John chapter 10, and it is hard to know when Jesus opens in verse 1 with this speech about being a shepherd and that there are sheep uh, that follow a shepherd's voice as to what is the context that this is delivered. It may be that it is given immediately after what Jesus has said in verse 41 in John chapter 9. In verse 41, Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin, but now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. The chapter divisions are not original uh, to the text that we have. Uh, They've been inserted so that we can have a handy reference as to where someone is reading or quoting from the scriptures. So it may be that Jesus carries on with this speech that comes in John chapter 10 immediately after he has been accusing the Pharisees of being blind and that they are guilty of sin. Or it may be some time after the fact, but we don't quite know what the context is other than that some Jews are present because in verse 19 we see at these words the Jews were again divided. Now the Jews may refer to the religious leaders or it may just refer to Jews that are surrounding him and it may be that the blind man himself is here along with Jesus' disciples uh, hearing these words from Jesus. But what we are given here at least is an illustration, a figure of speech, for us to understand something about the Lord Jesus and also about those who are outside of the kingdom of God and the way they treat God's people. Uh, We read in verse 6 that Jesus used this figure of speech but they did not understand what he was telling them. Jesus has used this as an illustration, a figure of speech, uh, for people to comprehend something about him, but it's interesting that some people did not understand what he was telling them. Now, you here this morning, as you read verses 1 through to 5, you may be along with those people who did not understand Jesus so many years ago. But if you've been in Christian churches for any length of time, it's probably... uh, easy for you to understand what Jesus is teaching here in verses 1 through to 5. What is it that he's teaching? Well, Jesus is teaching that he is a good shepherd to his people, and not just a good shepherd, but the good shepherd. As we'll see in verse 11 and verse 14, as we continue to work through this passage together in later weeks, verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. And verse 14, I am the good shepherd. Jesus, in this illustration of a shepherd, is the shepherd. So who are the sheep? Well, they are God's people. They are God's people. And who are these thieves and robbers that climb in by some other way that are described in verse 1? Verse 1 of chapter 10, it says, I tell you the truth, the man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. Who are these people? Well, the obvious context of John chapter 10 is the religious leaders. They are thieves and robbers who take advantage of God's people. They take advantage of Jesus' sheep and they lead them away from
from the true Messiah. They lead the Jews away from following the true Messiah. They're thieves and robbers. But how is it helpful for us to see Jesus as a shepherd? This is a common idea that is throughout the scriptures that God is a shepherd to his people. We've seen it in the opening psalm that we had at the beginning of the service, Psalm 23, very well-known psalm, even to those outside uh, the church. But also we see it again and again through the scriptures, that Bible reading that we had before. Micah chapter 2, verse 12 says, I will surely gather all of you, O Jacob. This is the Lord speaking. I will surely bring together the remnant of Israel. I will bring them together like sheep in a pen, like a flock in its pasture. The place will throng with people. This is a common illustration. So how is it helpful for us to view God as a shepherd and his people as his sheep? Well, we see that there are some things about a shepherd's role and how he interacts with his sheep that are given to us in the verses that illustrate how we are to react to him and how he acts towards us. What do we read in verse 3? If we're to look at this shepherd and what he does, what do we read? Verse 3, the watchman opens the gate for him, that's the shepherd, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Now, I'm no shepherd. I'm not a sheep farmer. Uh, And so to understand this illustration, I need to be told by someone what it is that a shepherd does with his sheep. And Jesus tells us something of that there. But it is helpful for us to understand how the shepherds in the Middle East would often relate to their sheep. And there's an account given of even modern shepherds in the Middle East, in in Israel, as to how they relate to their sheep. Uh, By William Barclay uh, gives an account of it, but it's actually uh, H.V. Morton. Uh, who was uh, he, he went around uh, traveling the world and he gave different accounts of how he saw things and one he gives an account of what he saw with shepherds in a cave near Bethlehem in Bethlehem he saw two shepherds had sheltered their flocks in the cave during the night but how were the flocks sorted out the next morning so you've got two flocks they've been pushed into a cave for shelter at night how do the shepherds actually get the sheep out and separate the flocks. One of the shepherds stood some distance away and gave his peculiar call, which only his sheep know, and soon his whole flock had run to him because they knew his voice. They would have come for no one else, but they knew the call of their own shepherd. And so this is a common practice by shepherds in the Middle East. We often think of shepherds with sheepdogs and they chase the sheep to where they want to go. Not so in the Middle East. They call the sheep. The shepherd calls the sheep. He trains the sheep to know his voice. He calls them and the sheep follow him wherever he goes. And that is what Jesus is saying. He is. He is a shepherd who calls his sheep and his sheep hear his voice And they respond by following him. That Jesus is one who elects his people out of this world. He chooses them, he trains them in his voice, and they respond to his voice. And this is helpful for us because it didn't just apply at the time when Jesus was on the earth, which he did call people and they did follow him. We see with the disciples when Jesus wants someone to follow him, he says, follow me. They hear his voice, they get up, and they follow him. There's quite a few accounts of that, where he's calling Peter and John, 
uh, and they get up and they leave their nets and they follow him and Matthew the tax collector and even this blind man is being taught by Jesus to follow him. And this happens today as well, that Jesus comes along and he calls his sheep by name and they respond to him. Each convert to Christianity has been elected by God from eternity past and then the shepherd comes and he calls that person's name in a general call that goes out to everybody to come, to repent and believe, to trust in him as their shepherd and his people, when they hear that call, they respond by following him. So one day, many years ago, God, the good shepherd, Jesus came and called Joel Radford. And Joel Radford heard the call and responded and followed. And it's interesting what we see of the way the sheep continue to listen to his voice as well. It's not that you listen to his voice and you move in his direction and then you go wherever you like. No, we see in verse 3 it says, The watchman opens the gate for him. The sheep listen to his voice. You listen to the voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. They come to him and then he goes on ahead and they continue to follow him. Christ's sheep listen to his voice and they don't just listen to his voice, they follow his voice. So the question that remains for all of us this morning is, is Jesus our shepherd? Is this illustration that is given to us one that applies to us? Can we know that Jesus is our shepherd, that we have eternal life and that he is leading us into green pastures in paradise itself? How do we know if Jesus has called us by name? Well, the way that the scripture teaches us to know whether someone is a Christian or not, firstly, is have they trusted that Jesus is their shepherd? You want to know if Jesus is your shepherd? Do you trust him as your shepherd? Have you come to him in faith? If you believe that Jesus is your shepherd, the scriptures say he is, if you come to him in faith. But you may say, well, how do I know, though, that my faith in him is a true and saving faith? Because there's lots of false faith out there. How do I know that I truly believe that Jesus is my shepherd, that he really is the good shepherd who is leading me in to safe pasture? Well, that's where the text has told us. It tells us some attributes of those who are Christ's sheep. What do Christ's sheep do? They listen to his voice. Verse 3, the watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. Many people who call themselves Christians are not interested in listening to the voice of Christ. They may say, yes, I believe that Jesus is my shepherd. But then you look at their lives and you see that they're not interested in listening to the shepherd's voice at all. They do not listen to the shepherd's voice in Scripture. They do not listen to the shepherd's voice in the preaching of his word. And it's not as though they can't listen to voices. In fact, they listen to lots of other voices. They're quite capable of hearing. They just aren't interested in the shepherd's voice. They will listen to the voice of strangers instead. We've got to remember that, that there's strangers there who are trying to take advantage of the sheep and they often consume the time that the sheep is listening with their voices. We saw that in verse 4. It says, When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice, but they will never follow a stranger. 
In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. There are strangers, there are thieves and robbers who are summoning the sheep to come and listen to them and do what they proclaim. And sadly, many people who call themselves Christians are quite happy to listen to the voice of strangers every day and not listen to the voice of their shepherd. Many people who call themselves Christians will read the newspaper every day, but not Christ's word. They will listen to the radio in the car every day, but not an audio recording of the Bible. They will skim social media every day, but not skim the scriptures. There's different ways you can read the Bible. It's okay to skim the scriptures looking for something that you're after, something that interests you at the time. There's different ways you can read the Bible and different ways that we read the things that are out there. They're strangers' voices. You can read more intently and then you can skim, and that's what people tend to do from my experience of social media. They're just skimming down, skim, 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 until they find something they're interested in. They're happy to do that, but they won't skim along through the shepherd's voice. Many people who call themselves Christians will turn on the television every day, but not press play on a sermon. They will study the voice of pagan philosophers, but not study the voice of Christ. Seems to be this attraction for some people who call themselves Christians, that they want to know what Nietzsche said. They want to be an expert in him. When someone who's attending our church says that they're studying Nietzsche, I get a little concerned because I've read Nietzsche as well. Now you're concerned about me. But Nietzsche is a, he's not someone that you want to dig deep into and study and take on what he professes. But many people who call themselves Christians are happy to study pagan philosophy, but not study the voice of the shepherd. Many people who call themselves Christians, particularly of the younger generation, are happy to memorise the levels of video games, but they're not happy to memorise the shepherd's voice and what he has said. And some people are quite happy to go to the movies and listen to the voice of Hollywood on a regular basis, but are not happy to go to church and hear God's voice in his place where he has gathered his people and speaks to them through the preaching of the word. Someone once confessed to me that, yes, regularly misses church because he goes to the movies instead. What does that say about that person? What does that say that person's view of what we're doing right now in listening to a sermon? Obviously doesn't think that really it is the voice of God or isn't interested in listening to the voice of God. See, some people, I think, see the sermon that we have at church on Sunday mornings as the equivalent of watching a documentary on Netflix. They just learn a few things about Christianity, learn a few things from the Bible. They don't actually see this as a time of worship where God speaks, that it is the voice of the shepherd that you are hearing now as you look at the scriptures together and as he speaks through me. I work very hard all week, praying, preparing my own self and studying God's word so that I have a message from God for you Sunday morning, not a documentary message that Netflix could have provided about the Bible, but a message from God. And so if you think that I regularly get up here and do not have a message from God, you should fire me. You shouldn't put up with me being in this pulpit if you think that I do not have a message from the shepherd for you each week, that you can take or leave this message, that it's not from the living God for you. 
It's an awful thing, I mean awful in terms of awesome, it's an awful thing for me to consider that I have to speak on God's behalf and I try as much as I can to take it seriously and to really bring you a message from God. But if you think going to the movies or going to church are basically the same kind of thing, what does that say about you and your view of church? So why would people not be interested in the voice of the shepherd? Why would they be more interested in going to a movie rather than going to church on Sunday? Why would they find it easier to read Facebook than God's book? Why would they be more interested in a music concert than hearing a sermon at church or watching TV rather than going to a Bible study? Well, the most obvious answer that's given to us in the text is they're not Christians. They do not belong to Christ's flock. If a sheep has zero interest in the voice of God, zero interest in the voice of the shepherd, is not interested in listening to his voice, they're not his sheep. You can't say that he is your shepherd and you do not listen to his voice because the text here tells us that his sheep listen to his voice. If someone is not interested in the voice of of the shepherd then their shepherd is not the good shepherd that is described in Scripture. It is not Jesus Christ. Instead, the shepherd of someone who listens to all these other voices, their shepherd is their own flesh, Satan, or the world, and that shepherd is indeed a thief and a robber and will take advantage of them. They think they will get pleasure by following that shepherd, but instead they will come to a horrible end in this world and in the next. But if we are Christ's sheep, his spirit will continue to move us to come and hear his voice, to each day listen to his voice. The odds are all against us this morning, in one sense. The odds are against us. Your own flesh, the world, and Satan does not want you to be here this morning to hear the shepherd's voice. Everything is against you to be here this morning and hear the voice of God, except God himself. God has performed a miracle in drawing you here this morning to hear his voice, and he does it to prove that you are Christ, that you belong to the good shepherd. God loves to triumph against great odds. It shows his power. Everything is forcing us away from church, forcing us away from reading his scriptures, But then his spirit works in his true sheep and keeps drawing them back so that they listen to his voice. And that displays his fantastic power, his amazing power, in continuing to draw his sheep to hear his voice. And so if we listen to Christ's word, it is a good sign that we're one of his sheep. But does just listening to his voice prove that we have that saving faith? Because that's what we're looking at this morning. How do I know I'm one of his sheep? Yes, I trust he is my shepherd, but how do I know I belong to him? Well, I listen to his voice. Okay, well, I read the Bible every day and I rarely miss church, so I must truly believe. He must really be my shepherd. What about those who know the Bible very well but don't actually do what the Bible says? They hear the voice of the good shepherd, but they don't follow his voice. Like the man who commits adultery, and he says, oh, it's okay because God will forgive me. I've read the scriptures. It's all right. I'm one of his sheep. I can go on with my life. 
I believe, I listen, that's sufficient. No. What do we read of the sheep in the text? Verse 3, the watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. How do we know that we truly belong to the good shepherd? We listen to his voice. We have an interest in his voice, but we also follow his voice. We put into practice what he commands. Jesus calls us to follow him. What does that mean? Well, for the disciples and for this blind man, they may have really physically followed him. But we understand that he also, when he talks about following him, it means to do what he did in living by his own commandments. It's this wonderful picture that we have of the shepherd here in comparison to what I said before about a shepherd with sheepdogs where he forces his sheep to go where he may not even want to go. But our shepherd actually does his own commandments. He follows his own laws and then expects us to follow after him. And he has gone to eternal life and expects us to follow him to eternal life as well. And so if we claim to be a Christian, then we must be not just listeners to God's word, but doers of God's word. We must follow him and do as he did as we travel towards the eternal life that he has already gone to. So if we claim to be a Christian, we must examine ourselves and ask, are there certain places that I do not want to follow the shepherd into? Because if we follow Christ into some places and not others, are we really his sheep? Are we a sheep that stands there and will go where the shepherd wants to go sometimes, but not all the time? Because when we look at where the shepherd goes, often it is very difficult to follow him and to go where he goes. Some paths are indeed very hard to follow. I see this with those who are not interested in getting baptised. Jesus himself, to fulfil all righteousness, was baptised. He went down into the water and came back up again. But then there's people who profess that they believe in Jesus Christ but are not interested in following him into the waters of baptism. Can you be a sheep? of that shepherd if you will not follow him into the waters of baptism. It's also hard to mount the precipice of love instead of staying down in the torrents of hatred. Love and forgiveness, they're hard things to do, but we see that Jesus did them. If we're his sheep, we're meant to follow him. It's a precipice that we've got to climb as a sheep. But often we want to stay down in the torrents of hatred instead. It's hard to climb the mountain of peace out of the town of discontent. But that's where Jesus has gone. He's gone as our Prince of Peace. But instead, we like to stay down where there's discontent. It's hard to scale the cliff of sexual purity out of the valley of debauchery and adultery. It's hard to clamber over boulders of generosity instead of staying on the plain of greed. It's hard to follow Jesus in his generosity because he was so unbelievably generous. He gave his own life for his enemies. It's hard to climb up onto that boulder as one of his sheep and follow him. Instead, we like to be greedy instead where it's easier. It's hard to climb the rock of truth instead of staying in the hole of lies. It's hard to descend the mountain of prayer 
instead of staying in the lowly places of gossip. It's far easier to gossip about somebody than pray for them. But Jesus sets an example of a shepherd who prayed. He prayed for his people, and we should as well. It's hard to hike up the hill of humility as one of his sheep instead of wallowing in the pits of pride. Now, I'm not saying we don't struggle as his sheep to do these things, to live lives of love, of peace, of sexual purity, of generosity, of truth, of prayer, of humility. These are hard things to follow Jesus in. But we are supposed to do so. We are to follow him. They're not easy to follow as sheep. It's interesting, he aren't described here as birds that fly after Jesus and we easily ascend any mountain that he calls us to. No, we're sheep that are meant to walk up these difficult mountains. And yes, we may stumble and backslide. We may fall at times. We may stand on the mountainside and bleat shamefully as the shepherd is up there and he's calling us to follow him in purity and in love. And we stand there and we say, it's all so hard, how can I do this? But the sign of a true sheep is that he keeps his eyes on Christ and continues to work at following the shepherd. He does not give up and say, I'm walking away and follow the voice of a stranger. And why does he not give up? Why does he keep on fighting to go where the shepherd has gone? Because he loves the shepherd. And he knows that the shepherd's voice is a voice of comfort and encouragement and support and that where the shepherd leads is actually for his good. And that one day, if he continues following that shepherd all his days, he will go into the green pasture that is described later in this text and is described again and again throughout the scriptures that we know as the heavenly home. And so if you want to know if you're a true sheep, if you really belong to Jesus Christ... Do you believe he's your shepherd? Great. Do you like to listen to his voice? Excellent. Do you follow his voice? Do you do as he does? Then you can know you have confirmation after confirmation that you truly belong to Christ. And so if you're sitting here this morning and you find yourself lacking in faith, that Jesus is your shepherd, I encourage you now to put your trust in him. He calls you now. He sends out this general call to everyone to come to him. Listen to that call and come to him. Trust that he is your shepherd and then start to listen to his voice and follow his voice wherever he leads. And all of us, we should, if we profess faith in Jesus Christ, we should ask for an increasing love for his voice, that we want to hear his word. We want to read his word. We want to listen to his word. We want to hear people speak about his word and explain his word. You want to come to church on Sundays, that he would give you a delight in such spiritual exercise and that he wouldn't just give you a love for his voice but a love to follow his voice wherever he leads. So let's do that now. Let's come to our Lord, our Good Shepherd, even now. Lord Jesus, we praise you as the Good Shepherd. And we thank you for calling so many in this room by name to belong to you, that you know each and every one of us, 
and you've elected us from eternity past and then called us into your sheepfold. And so, Lord, we ask, though, that you would forgive us for not listening to your voice as we should and not following your voice as we should. Sometimes it's so hard to follow you where you have gone. We look at your life and the holiness which you displayed and the forgiveness you showed and the purity of life, and we say, how can I do that? But, Lord, we pray that you would strengthen our weak legs and ankles and feet and our feeble arms and strengthen us so that we can indeed follow you wherever you lead, whatever commandment you give us to do. Oh, Lord, we pray that we would delight in it and serve you faithfully in it as we walk and follow you to that heavenly home that we look forward to with great joy. We also pray, O oh Lord, this morning that if there is anyone here this morning who does not have you as your shepherd, as their shepherd, Lord, we pray that this would be the morning where they hear your call, they hear your summons, and they respond. And we pray that they would continue to listen to your voice and that they would continue to follow you all their days. And we pray this in your name. Amen.